Hello, and welcome to another episode of City on a Hill, a podcast about what it means to be a citizen of heaven and a citizen of the United States. We want to encourage Christians to find their tribe in the church and their hope in the kingdom of God, rather than to seek both in the kingdom of man. So with that, let's get to it today. Well, hello, I'm Eric Estep. And I'm Scott Reevely. And this is the City on a Hill podcast. Welcome back, listeners. Welcome back, Scott and Eric. We have not been in this room for three two, months, two three months? Mo- basically three months. Yeah, we recorded a bunch of stuff before I went on sabbatical. Uh, those uh, sabbatical shorts, hopefully they were enough to have you not unsubscribe or have you not lose track of us in your <laughs> podcast feed. And I hope they're helpful. I mean, yeah. I, those were really the short bites of things that we've gathered along the way that we think were helpful. And so I mm-hmm. hope they were just to review some of the, essentially some of the marks that we think the church needs to pay attention to when they're navigating politics and navigating mm-hmm. the public life. So anyway, hope it was helpful. And uh, I've missed uh, doing this. This, yeah. is, this is really some of my recreation. So I enjoy uh, spending time with you, Eric, and uh, hopefully yeah, it's helpful. So Yeah, I'm excited to be back. And I, I think uh, obviously in the listener feed, you guys will just hear the next episode as if nothing happened, but it's been a while. But I think probably today, today is July 4th, and you'll probably be able to use those shorts even today to remain faithful in public life. You're probably engaging in public life right now. Um, I know I'll be at a uh, parade in Canby watching a 4th of oh, July yeah. parade, as, as one true. does on 4th of July. So just, just pointing those out. You've listened to 10 or 11 of them, and they're probably applicable today. So Okay, you, you were talking about those shorts. I was mm-hmm. thinking... Yeah, how do you know the weather? What you know, <laughs> it's going to be nice, and you're going to wear shorts. My guess, so there no, you go. The, the sabbatical Good. shorts, yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, you've been gone on sabbatical. How, how was it? Was it a success? Are you rested up? Did you learn anything? Was it fun? I tell me the things. Oh, I, I've got a few things. I was super thankful to have the break. Super thankful that the uh, the church gave me that uh, level of support and hope that I can, in some regard, uh, be a faithful steward of it. But I had probably three or four things that uh, related to the podcast that are interesting. Uh, I finished three different books that were related to the podcast on my sabbatical. One was called Uncivil Agreement, and I'll link to these in the show notes, but Uncivil Agreement had to do with how we have become so partisan, and it talked a lot about how how we've ended up sorting ourselves in churches and in communities Mm. and in neighborhoods along political lines rather than along other lines or rather than Mm. having multiple identities that uh, by which we'd interact with people who are not completely like us. Mm -hmm. We've all sorted to find people only like us Mm. and how that's made, how just the demographic shifts have made the world more uh, polarized which I found fascinating, and it really has challenged me about the way that churches became uh, more uh, polarized or more partisan mm. in, over the pandemic, and how you know certain churches took a stand. Sure. Uh, in fact, there's a movie coming out next week, I think, from MacArthur's church about these kinds of things that. Um, they took a stand and that made them attract those kinds of people. Sure. And so then those a natural kind of, sorting. And then those kinds of people 
reinforce those kinds of thoughts, which attract more of those kinds of people, and you just become more and more insular. Mm. And and churches do that as well as communities. I mean, we've had a lot mm-hmm. of our f- friends move out of town. Mm-hmm. No, 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 out of state, I mean. Yeah, so they get more of their, uh, you know, they get in situations more like them, and that's, you know, that's their decision, and I support them in that, and that's fine. But, but I think they need to be aware, mm-hmm. and I need to be aware, uh, that we sort that way. I went to dinner for our anniversary downtown uh, in Portland, and I've been down there that much, and pretty much it's sorted down there too, and mm-hmm. it's sorted into people who are different from me. I will say that, mm-hmm. and I noticed it, and um, that's part of what she's talking about and how, and I think it really does affect the church, and the church needs to be aware of it because Jesus came mm-hmm. that we might um, that we might be in relationship with people who are different from us mm-hmm. and that all of us will stand together around the throne of the lamb one day mm-hmm. and uh, sing his praises, not chant our partisan chants. Right. So that's one book. I, I Do they talk it, about the, uh, the idea of the big sort in that book. Or the did big, she talk about the that? big sort was written before this and right. she did refer to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've got the big sort, but I haven't read it yet. Mm. So that's uh, coming and I'll probably do a little more of a rant when I read that. The other book, <laughs> the other book. coming rant, people. Get excited. <laughs> yeah, the next book I, I finished was uh, The New Reformation by Shai Lin. It's about uh, how the church can bring it into racism. And uh, on the whole, I just, uh, I loved his tone. I loved the way that he approached the topic. Mm. And, you know, it was, it was simple. It was biblical. It was from somebody who has been on the receiving end of, uh, you know, racial um, slander and Mm. racial, you know, hurtfulness. And so that was just helpful for me to read that. I think we all probably need to have reads like that where we're uh, listening to people who are affected by, you know, the way the culture and the church treat people Mm -hmm. of different ethnicities. So anyway, appreciated him a ton. And um, so, and then the last one that I, I finished just near the end of my sabbatical was called Believe Me. And the uh, subtitle was The Evangelical Road to Donald Trump. Uh, and that one uh, was also quite interesting and, as you might guess, provocative, mm. uh, suggesting that uh, what um, prompted evangelicals to, to line up behind Donald Trump was, in some respect, decades-old playbook that the moral majority had been using and things. And just um, talked about the shift between evangelicals with um, Bill Clinton, mm. where you know there's uh, char- matters where character case. matters, or character, yeah. And then w- what what happened? It's trying to answer this question: What happened between then and Donald Trump when character didn't matter? And so, anyway, it, it was it was provocative. Mm. I um, whether it had the whole story or not, who knows? But it did kind of helped me, remind me of things mm-hmm. that, you know, I was really quite young and not paying attention when many of those moral majority things were going on. And so it was real helpful. And so that was uh, another book I finished. So did you do any reading here while I was gone? I'd, I, yeah, I've done some reading. I, I just actually got done, the listeners don't know this, with a vacation. We were, my, my family and I were on a 10-day road trip, first road trip 
with my four young boys. So, so. listeners, just in case <laughs> you did not have respect for Eric prior to this, you know, now you respect do. Respect has gone it, way I up. mean, anybody that can do that. Yeah, you need to, um, you need to give them props. Uh, and I, I finished a couple books on the trip. Um, I don't know if Anybody that can finish a couple of books with four <laughs> boys in the car, you need to give them super Some props of them are it. listened yeah. to. I'll, I'll say that much. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know that any of them were specifically helpful in this context. I, I finished a sci-fi book that I've been reading for a while, uh, Children of Dune, weird stuff there. Um, I, I did read some Aquinas, as one does on a road trip with four boys. Um, and that was actually pretty interesting. I just read one of the treaties on God, and, and Thomas Aquinas is, is pulling apart uh, at a very granular level, all these questions about God. And um, it was helpful in one respect just to read it and, oh, yeah, th this thing about God, not this thing about God, but also just to anticipate that level of question from people. Because um, the, mm -hmm. the way the scholastic method works is um, you basically put a, a negative question up and then he answers it. And on the contrary, this, and, and he has reasoning, and he brings up the Bible, and he brings up Aristotle, all these different things. And it was just helpful to work through like, oh, I don't have those questions, but someone does. Mm. And someone is, is thinking about that in a, in a negative way and would need an answer and not just, oh, just, just believe us. It's fine. Um, and some so, of those things have formed your, you know, thinking such that you don't have those questions. Right. Too. I mean, this right. has happened, I mean, Aquinas was quite a while ago. So, yeah. 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 And, and we've been organizing theology like Aquinas organized it for now 800 years or something. Um, so that, that was just good and almost a logical exercise a little bit just to work through that. But um, that was pretty fun. Um, I finished Rawhide Down, which was a, a dramatic narrative uh, description of uh, storytelling of the time when um, Ronald Reagan was almost assassinated. So just went through that whole story and... This, the reporter actually got a bunch of information, a bunch of the notes from like the nurses and from the doctor and from the secret service agents and just did this whole story. It's a really mm. like a kind of a thriller story of this actual event that happened in the 80s. Um, and spoiler alert, the, the president doesn't die. So he, he wasn't assassinated. Yeah, that is, I mean, when you know the ending, it's like, oh, okay. It's a little bit, yeah. Okay. A little bit of a snoozer. It works for you. And then I read Economics in One Lesson, which... Um, was also uh, another like think about all the ramifications of something um, it's obviously an economics book but it it gave me just a little bit of humility like if you're gonna uh, desire a particular policy or desire a particular end um, you can't just think about the first order ramifications you have to think about six orders who knows how this is going to affect everything you can't assume oh it'll just do this and nothing more um, and it kind of took several, I don't know, policy positions and said, okay, if you do this, then X happens and Y happens and Z happens. And then eventually this is going to be the effect across a whole economy. Um, so just random smattering of books that were fun to finish. I don't, I don't know how helpful they were in this context, but they at least gave me a, hey, you need to ask more questions of things when you're trying to come up with ideas. Well, then the other thing that I would probably have to report on, so this is like my, what did you do on your summer vacation, though? It was only my sabbatical, not my summer vacation. We don't uh, have summer vacations anymore. <laughs> Full uh, summer vacation. I know. So, that, so this is my chance to sneak in some yeah. kind of report, is that um, I went to uh, Turkey and Greece, which was a real gift mm. to be able to do that. And 
that we had beautiful weather and it was with a Christian tour group and we saw Seven Churches of Revelation and Patmos where John wrote the book of Revelation and saw Crete where Titus went Mm. and saw Corinth and Centria and Athens. Mm. And well, Istanbul and Troy on the front end. So we saw some really pretty amazing things and some pretty old things. Um, Is there a city of Troy? Or is yeah. it like an ancient? There's an ancient, well, there's ancient ruins of Troy. R- yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but it was a real place. It's not just that. Yeah. It's, you had read the Iliad, mytholo- <laughs> Well, yeah. It, you know, I always thought, well, that's like mythological. But uh, it was, uh, it was a place. That's cool. And it was really pretty cool. And um, so, some happened on this trip that was unexpected. Uh, I will just uh, confess to everyone that I applied for the pastor's discount. Nice. <laughs> which pastors do, right? You don't get discounts everywhere, but I applied for them when I could. And the deal was, if I got a pastor's discount, I had to like be up for whatever they asked me to do. You had to be a pastor. <laughs> yeah, to be a pastor. And I, and I thought, you know, I've seen some things like this, and sometimes they don't ask you to work. And in all fairness, there were four or five pastors on the trip, and they tagged me, though, to give devotions when we left in the mm. morning on the bus and then when we arrived at different places. And so I kind of drew the short straw. <laughs> and um, I ended up giving devotions at each of the the uh, ruins in the cities that the seven churches of Revelation were in, mm. and as well as Corinth and Athens. <clears throat> I actually got to preach on Mars Hill. Oh, that's cool. Like uh, Paul did, which was, that was pretty cool. But what I, I guess the reason I, I say that is not to complain by any means because it was really a gift that I got to do that because it made me think, and the, the, the assignment they gave me was, what are the 2023 implications for this letter to the churches, mm. given the fact that you're seeing what you're seeing in this place? And so it was my, you know, they tasked me with figuring out what it is that I was saying that was going to make a difference in, in, you know, today. And that was, I was first of all, really glad they kind of forced me to do that. Mm -hmm. And then I was really glad that because they forced me to do that, they forced everyone else to listen to me (laughs) as I, as I verbally process all the things I was seeing, which was, uh, which was really a blessing to me. And uh, the, the interesting thing is that it made me think quite a bit about what we're doing with this podcast. Hmm. because we would see, yes, we would see temples to Zeus or uh, temples to Diana or some temples to, you know, well, basically all of them, you know, and um, we saw underneath those temples storerooms for the meat that was offered Hmm. to the idols, which was a major issue in in the New Testament. But the reality is that my seeing all of those gods represented on the high places, so the mountains, you end up with um, Christianity coming of age in this pluralistic environment with the, with all the people doing all the things to worship all the gods. And, and Christianity just blew up. It took off mm. in, that, in that environment. And so that was really helpful to me to see that that was that yes, Christianity is not threatened by other religions. It's not threatened by mm. idols of people's hearts or real physical 
idols with statues and all that people right. worship. It wasn't like it was in a fi- it was planted in a favorable. You uh, would field. you would not have described it as favorable. In fact, we saw you know the the tomb of uh, Philip as he was martyred in Hierapolis. We saw the mm. we saw the tomb of John after he was exiled. He died in Ephesus. I, whether those are actual tombs or not, we saw right. them. The place where we remember that. Well, maybe, <laughs> yeah. And we saw uh, the church that Polycarp pastored, mm. and Polycarp was a martyr in the second century. And so it was it was really meaningful. But the other thing that was probably the most meaningful was that they would interchange in some level these temples to the gods with temples to the emperor. Mm. And in fact, they would make statues. Uh, you've probably seen some sta- some marble statues of uh, somebody without a head. And you're thinking, mm. they, why would you decapitate a statue? <laughs> I mean, you're not doing anything. Well, the reality is they would make the bodies and the heads separate mm. so that when there was a new emperor, you could get a new head and put it on there, nice. and you were still loyal to the emperor. A cost-saving <clears throat> measure. That's right. You didn't <laughs> have to do the full marble. You could just do the head marble. Anyway, the, the reality is the pressure did not so much come on the church from the other gods, though meat sacrificed idols was an issue. Mm-hmm. The real pressure to the church came because the emperor demanded that... Uh, people worship him as God. Mm. And so here you have this emperor worship that was really throughout the entire area that demanding people worship the emperor. So to say that Jesus is king is to say that Caesar is not king. Mm-hmm. And here you go, the church is being born into this environment and people are being killed mm-hmm. uh, in you know the very places we were standing for saying, no, I'm sorry, right. Jesus is king. Right. And... The reality that um, the church could be born in that hostile of a political environment and thrive in a hostile political environment, uh, it was was just really meaningful to me because I am an American and my DNA says, now the church, the, the the politics, uh, the political environment has to be really favorable to the church mm-hmm. for the church to do okay. And it doesn't. I mean, what the church did in those first four centuries compared to what it's done in the last two hundred century or mm-hmm. two hundred years since um, since America was founded is is a radically different thing right. as far as the nature of the growth of the church. So, anyway, I, the the political environment in which the church was born was really really mm-hmm. meaningful, and I couldn't help but talk about that at every single turn, nice. really. And um, so. Uh, that that was a big part of my sabbatical. Actually, was city on the hill uh, evangelization, mm. basically that that Jesus is king and Caesar's not, and the church is going to be just fine in a hostile political environment. So, That's good. Yeah. yeah. Well, it reminds so, me of the thing we already mentioned a couple episodes ago: time and place. If exactly. You, if you get yourself thinking about a different time in a different place, then you realize the differences mm-hmm. of our time and place in the environment that is necessary for flourishing is not a comfortable one, a perfect one, a 
Well, you see the real you desire. You see the real issues more clearly, right? And I, I think, in some respect, amongst the columns that were all over the place, you could see the real issues quite a bit more clear. In fact, one of the things I'll just say was really fun. We were in Ephesus, and Ephesus was was pretty cool. It was the the biggest of the churches, uh, or biggest of the cities that the letters were written to. And there was all kinds of neat stuff. But in Acts, you have Paul visiting Ephesus and the, is he the silversmith or goldsmith? Demetrius. Anyway, his name is Demetrius. And he like fires everyone up, says, we have Paul preaching, you know, that Diane is nothing. And if he keeps up, people start thinking Diane is nothing and, and she'll just disappear. Well, it turns out that the temple of ancient uh, temple of Diana was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Mm. Had, I think, I want to say 90-some pillars. I, I, You can find that, I'm sure, pretty easily. Maybe it was only 70. I don't know. But it was like a gazillion compared to <coughs> compared to a house church, right? Uh-huh. And they're all fired up that, you know, in fact, they argued about it in the theater in Ephesus, which is humongous. Uh, it'd, be, it'd, be like, um, it'd be like the uh, Rose Garden just chanting for two hours, mm. great as Diana of the Ephesians, for two hours in the... Intense. Um, it was very intense. Anyway, his big concern is people aren't going to care about Diana anymore if if Christianity is true, right? And so we go after we see all this, the the theater, and we go down to the Temple of Diana. There is one pillar of those seventy or ninety or whatever mm-hmm. they are still standing, mm. and it was one of the you know uh, seven wonders of the ancient world, mm-hmm. and it's hardly even there. Storks were nesting in the top of that thing, and it's just like. You know what? Wow. He was right. He was yeah. right. No one cares about Diana anymore. Yeah, interesting. And it's, they don't care because Jesus is king. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that was just one random thing. That's cool. I probably have other random things, other episodes. That's great. That's great. Very fun. Any, anything else from sabbatical that's worth noting? Oh, those are the those are the things I'll I'll let it ride with today. Okay, sounds good. I'll, I'll save some of my other stories for later. That's good. Um, I got. I think it's worth noting because it's July Fourth. Uh, on the road trip I went on, I got to go to some national parks. Sweet, which is super fun. Um, I didn't get to investigate them as much as I wanted because I had four little kids, as I had noted before. Uh, so there was a couple times where it was okay. I'd love to do the three mile hike, but we can do the half mile hike maybe, and I'm going to carry two of you, or <laughs> you guys are sleeping, and, re- and my oldest and I ran and looked at the prismatic spring. Um, so just a bunch of quick jaunts through some of these parks. Um, but it, it was just a chance to be, uh, grateful. You're, you're right. Driving through Yosemite, not Yosemite, Yellowstone, uh, driving through the Tetons. Um, we saw the arches in Moab and then went to the, um, promontory point. And it's like, oh, there's, there's so many beautiful places around here. Oh yeah just gorgeous, wonderful pieces of creation that our nation also has stewarded in a way that, hey, why don't you come enjoy this? Um, and it, it, it was just cool to do that and, and see some of those places and see, I mean, it's hard not to just stand in Yellowstone and just be in awe. There's the beauty that's there, the, um, the drama of the river or the, the waterfalls or just the different heat things going on. And it was, it was so funny, we were driving through and, and one of my sons just kept saying, I wanna see a volcano. I want to see a volcano. Like, I don't know why. It had nothing to do with anything. And then we're reading about Yellowstone, and I realized 
we, we are, are on, on vacation. Vac- this is oh, all volcano. a volcano. <laughs> yes, yes, you do not want to see that <laughs> volcano, I can assure you. Oh, man. So it, it was just really good to um, go through those places and just sit in a little bit of wonder and awe and then mm-hmm. be grateful for the way they're stewarded and we can check things out. Um, so I think there's gratitude for the creator. There's gratitude for um, for the way our country does that stuff because I think yeah. we do it pretty well. Uh, and allow people to enjoy things and, and preserve things in a way that, hey, come check out this and, and go through this one little road and you get to see all these wonderful things. So so that was fun. Um, and as I was driving around, one of the, I, I think I did a pretty good job of staying disconnected from, from everything, uh, from the to-do list that was back on the computer when I got back. And then we we're driving, I think it was the last day even, we're driving back and I see flanking this highway, um, a means to bring all of the news cycle back into my face. Uh, the, on, on either side of this highway was the Christian flag, um, which I think we've had an episode about the 19, it came up in the Cold War, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a Christian flag and then stacked right on top of it, Trump 2024. Um, so it was, it was a dual flag. And I all of a sudden I'm like, oh, there's the news cycle coming again. Um, I forgot about all this election stuff. I had kind of kept it at bay and I didn't engage a lot of it. Welcome um, home. Welcome home. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I had like two hours left of the drive or something. But but I was reminded of one of the questions a life group leader, not a question, more of a statement that one of the life group leaders um, at our church mentioned while we were walking the other day. He just kind of said, I'm kind of scared of the election cycle coming up. And he said that knowing I'm a life group leader now and I'm going to have to deal with things that I didn't have to deal with in the last election cycle. Mm. And he was, he was observing or had observed 16 and, um, and 2020 in particular, and now realizing, okay. And I, I could hear, he didn't, um, make this obvious, but I could hear two tensions, um, in that question. There was the tension of recognizing people are being discipled, um, with a particular influence from other people and they're coming to life group and I'm not to deal with that. Mm. And then also he's responsible to disciple them. So couched in his concern was the question of, what do I do? The election's coming. What do I do? How do I help these people think about it well? Um, and, he, and he was voicing this concern. So, and, and it's hard. I mean, what do I do with, the, with them? But what do I do with all the other ideas that other mm-hmm. people are dumping on them too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to leave that question and, and thought um, at the end of this episode here, but it's I want coming. it's coming. It, I want everyone to, to remember, ah, an election's coming and maybe you can shut it out for a little while, but it's eventually going to rear its head. And I'd, I'd rather us think about it proactively. And really that's, that's why we've been doing this podcast for as long as we have. And the reason to be doing this podcast is only getting loud again. So we're going to keep talking about all of this stuff. Um, we went on a vacation and a sabbatical and, and got away from it for a little bit, but it was obvious even in what we just talked about that it's on our minds and mm-hmm. on our minds because we love the church and we want to help the church um, think about these things well, um, engage elections well, and, and and really place their identity in something that doesn't isn't driven by the fear or the hope that is associated with elections, but is driven by hope in the coming king who we've already talked about um, and who has, stand, who has stood the test of time, even over the temple of Diana. So, um, so all that to note, we're going to keep talking about some stuff and we have some ideas about putting together, um, a seminar of some sort or working through something that we can help church 
specifically our church, but other churches, think about how do we do this well? How do we engage this well? How do we disciple our people well? And we'd love some input. Mm-hmm. What is it? Do you have concerns? Do you have fears? Do you have questions? Um, what kind of resources would be helpful if, if we were putting something together and you said, hey, if you answered this question, it would really help me engage um, engage someone in my church or engage someone that I don't really know how to have a conversation with. Um, if there's some question we can answer or some um, some resource you need, we'd love to hear about it. So if you could send us an email, um, that email is uh, comment at cityonahillpodcast.com. And we'd love to... Uh, incorporate your ideas, your thoughts, your feedback, because um, not just us two and a mic, it's uh, you guys having, I think, this probably the same same thoughts that that life group leader was having. Well, I did. I mean, one of the things that was fun about this trip is we had people from all over the country uh, who have interacted with politics and church. They were Christian people, and they were struggling, and they had fears and all the things. And so it was it was really good for me to get out of my Northwest mm. uh, bubble that keeps me tied in knots mm-hmm. and, and experience the fact that other people are tied up, you know, mostly for the same reason, mm-hmm. but there it's There's a di- flavor. It's a different knot, you yep. know, it's yep. still a knot, but it's a different knot. And uh, so, yeah, we are interested in that and uh, want to know if, you know, or at least think about other ways besides podcasts that we could be helpful mm-hmm. to help the Church of Jesus Christ be faithful and maintain the repu- reputation of Jesus uh, throughout the uh, election cycle because uh, that will be one of the places mm-hmm. that people first hear about Christians or Christianity right. is when they hear about it talked about in political news. Right. And so I would love to have the church, you know, do the next election in such a way that the reputation of Jesus, it looks great Mm. to the world. Mm -hmm. So anyway, if you can help us do that, um, by all means, um, if, if, if you want us to come to your church or if you have ideas for that, we would love it. And, um, we're trying to work on what we can do to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Well, that's it for today. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us. That's always helpful. If you find what we're doing um, helpful and a good resource or review goes a long way to getting this to other people, share this with a friend. And again, if you do have questions or feedback or ideas, send them to comment at cityonahillpodcast.com. And we look forward to the next conversation.